It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Hey everyone, welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm your host, Sean Duffy, along with my co-host and partner in life, the ever hot, beautiful Rachel Campos Duffy. Thank you, Sean. You're, you're better looking at our kitchen table than anywhere Aww, else. That's so nice. Even without my fox makeup. Yes, even better without <laughs> No makeup right now. Makeup. Without my fox hair and makeup team. Um, little ponytail. If your husband still likes you in a ponytail, no makeup, that's um, well, listen, there are so many hot topics this weekend. We want to talk about Elon Musk, who's been tweeting about how everyone should have more kids, which always interests us. And we're going to get to that. But maybe he thinks his three wives or, or, or girls that have had babies for him also look good with no makeup and ponytails. He must. He must. He has nine kids from three different women. But um, he's definitely worried about not enough kids, which is the opposite of what the left thinks. We're going to get to that um, because they're worried that you know, climate change is going to destroy the world. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be a great flood or something. Do, do, do. And we, we shouldn't have kids. So we're going to talk about that because that's very interesting to us, obviously, with nine kids ourselves. Who knew we had so much in common with Elon Musk? I know we, do, we, we don't have the same amount of money, but we, we do have definitely the same don't amount have of kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're definitely not as smart as Elon either, no. Sean. But we're, we'll get to that. But but first, but first, <laughs> we have to talk about Jill Biden because Jill Biden called us called me a that, taco this week called the Hispanics tacos she said that's our strength that we're tacos and i guess we have nine taquitos right we have nine taquitos so uh, so she was in san antonio there was a hispanic conference called um us or us unidos unidos um this is a democrat organization that tries to get out the vote etc cetera, etc cetera. she goes to speak by the way this isn't the first time she's put her foot in her mouth because I have to go back to how what she said. I, I think it was about a year ago. She was at some other event. I think it was Cesar Chavez's birthday or something. And she wanted to use, you know, Cesar Chavez is the one who said, si se puede, um, which means, yes, we can. And but here's how she, how Jill Biden, um, Dr. Biden says, si se puede. What do you think? So about say it with me. Si se puede. The future is ours. <laughs> I didn't think anyone could speak worse Spanish than you, Sean, but I think I found her. <laughs> I, so I, I've heard that that phrase before, and I knew when I heard it from Joe Biden, it was not said right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you. That when was I, not by right. The way, when I can't say things, I go, could we just say, it, like, you spell it for me phonically so yeah, I could get it right? Yeah. So, um, so here's what she said at the Unidos conference in San Antonio. As distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. <laughs> so first of is all, your try- strength. Yeah, this is our strength. The I think she was trying to say bodegas, which are little small markets, but she said bodegas or something. Um, and then she called us tacos. So I want to take this in two steps here. Okay, so first of all, I want to just talk about um, the bodegas. Uh, which are really bodegas, the small markets. So this is a party who saw a bodega owner, the, or the father of a bodega owner who was working on a night shift in 
in in New York City and he was some somebody came in, tried to buy chips with a welfare credit card that was overcharged and anyway, brought in her. They refused to sell him that she didn't have the money. He, she brought in her boyfriend. Um, the two of them stabbed him and he tried to defend himself and he stabbed the boyfriend and ended up killing him because he I guess, stabbed him in the neck and he got sent to jail. Well, he got he got charged with got charged. murder. And, and what's frustrating about that, we're going to get back to the to the taco point. But what's been frustrating about this whole story is you have liberal woke prosecutors who are letting truly violent criminals out back on the streets, reducing charges, um, not just not just for violent crimes, not for just burglaries, but also sexual assaults. People are let back out on the streets. But here you have a good citizen who's defending themselves from Dominican Republic, defending themselves and their business from an aggressor. Right. This is self. This is this is self-defense. And in that case, the book is thrown at them. They're getting charged to the fullest extent of the law by prosecutors who find reasons all the time to not charge people to the fullest extent of the law. And what it goes to show you is that if you're truly a criminal, you're going to get a break. But if you're a good citizen and you defend yourself, if you use self-defense, which they don't want you to use self-defense, they want you to rely only on the government. Don't defend yourself. You're not capable of defending yourself. Rely on us, the government. If you do that, we're going to we're going to try to put you in jail for the rest of your life. So can you imagine her bringing up bodegas in the midst of this? I mean, the, the, the Dominican, the Hispanic community in New York City is in an uproar about this. They cannot believe a good citizen who's working a late shift like this is actually he's he's being treated as the criminal instead of the victim. So that was interesting. And then, of course, she ends up, you know, comparing us to tacos. And let me tell you why she compared us to tacos. The reason why she's doing it is because if you don't share any values with Hispanics, if you don't care about the economy, the economy, if you don't care about school choice, if you're a radical pro abortionist, as her and her husband are, if you don't um, care, don't about, care about. Yeah, you don't care about issues of faith and religious liberty. If you are, um, you know, you name the topic, you're you name the value. Yes, in my you, community. Exactly. You want to teach indoctrinate our kids in school, teach them about, you know, gender fluidity usurp the role of the parent. You go on and on and on. There are and, and the border. Hispanics, Americans do not like what's happening at our border, this open border policy that is causing, you know, an increase in sex trafficking and crime at the border and, and not enough resources for the, the communities that actually live there because they're overwhelmed. Go on and on and on. And then the other one is if you don't have the money to live in a gated community like Nancy Pelosi, you actually live in a, in a neighborhood where there's not a lot of money. And you don't have law enforcement and crime runs yeah, rampant defund, yeah. and you want to defund the police and make sure there's more crime or you don't want to prosecute the criminals who do commit the crimes. I'm not safe with my family any longer. So Democrat policies that you just mentioned, Rachel, have zero. Re they're not resonating, resonating at all they, with the Hispanic. Community. They can't talk about Jill Biden couldn't stand on that podium and talk about Hispanic values because her party and her and her husband do not share anything with the Hispanic community, which is about faith, God, family and and opportunity and hard work. They don't share any of that. And by the way, when I talk about hard work, I'm talking about Hunter Biden, um, you know, they say you didn't work hard. Yeah, no, no. As selling as no selling wares. your father's <laughs> selling your father's uh, name to the Chinese. At, he worked at selling America down the river for sure. Yeah, he did. Yeah. 
and, and getting hookers. So these are not family value people. They don't share anything. And so they have to talk about, you know, uh, tacos and burritos and um, bodegas that they don't even defend the bodega owners um, who work there. Um, they talk about you remember when Joe Biden so cringingly last year um, played uh, Despacito, he turned on his phone. It looked like he was struggling, like all all grandpas with their phone. And then he played Despacito. They are pandering. They are infantilizing. Hispanics and they have no connection and they're losing. They know it. The, the, the approval numbers for Hispanics um, on nobody is more disappointed and, uh, and scores um, and, and polling shows more disappointment with the Joe Democrat Biden, the, party the and Joe Biden. Right. And so, so Joe Biden has an approval rating of 24 percent with the Hispanic right. community. The problem that they see that they have is that that's a huge voting block for them. So if you look at who is the fastest growing population in America, it's Hispanics, yeah. right? And Democrats didn't, they don't win the Hispanic vote like they do the African-American vote or the black vote, but they still get a large percentage of that yeah. vote because again, there's, there, there's the Cuban, there's the Cuban Hispanics, the Mexican Hispanics, the Central American Hispanics, there's, Puerto Ricans, there, right? There's a whole, there's a whole variety of different issues that come into play. It's, it's a very diverse community. And so, but they get, they get a large percentage of the vote when they've seen those numbers crater, what happens to the Democrat Party is they can't win. They can't rely on on turning Arizona red as, as purple right now. They, they can't flip it to red. They can't flip Texas. They can't flip it to blue. They can't uh, flip Texas to blue. They might actually start to lose New Mexico. They might start to lose Nevada. Very heavy Hispanic states in the Southwest. They're going to have problems with and they've done well in the past. They're going to start to lose those. But also North Carolina. It's a, and, and, and Virginia are purple states that are that are starting to lean more blue. They could lose those because the big Hispanic votes there are flipping to Republicans. Well, and the really scary part for them, Sean, and you're right to talk about the diversity of the Hispanic population. So, you know, the Cuban experience with with communism has always made Cubans a little more, you know, a lot more um, open to voting Republican. The one population that has been solidly, dependably Democrat um, is our Mexican-Americans because Cubans and Central Americans, Venezuelans, even Colombians who live right next to Venezuela are very um, suspicious and 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 anti so of, of socialism. And they don't want that here in America um, of socialism, communism. So they don't they're 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 not as they're, they're not as reliably Democrat. The Mexican-American vote has always been dependably Democrat. They, there's a lot of union roots. Um, you know, my own family comes from a copper mining town in Arizona. Those are, you know, deep union roots. And, you know, they don't have the same experience with socialism that, say, Cuba has. So they have been able to capture the, the Democrat, uh, the, the, the Mexican-American vote. The Mexican-American vote is, you know, 60, 70 percent of the vote of, of the Hispanic vote. So it's not a small sliver. It's not like the Guatemalan vote, right? The Mexican-American vote is 60% of all the U.S. Hispanics. So now what they're seeing is Mexican-American women running for office. Um, they're seeing Mexican-Americans in states like Texas by Lara the border Flores. where they were able to before, you know, really dominate this these counties and, you know, the southern part of Texas and even Arizona. And now these these places are starting to flip. And this is so scary to them. And that's why Jill's, you know, um, taco comment 
is so damaging at this moment because they're 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 bleeding this vote. Right. They're losing this vote and they come out and, and she says something so stupid um, and so easy for everyone to mock to mock. Right. And especially you have a community that wants to mock her because, uh, again, her and her husband have turned their back on the community. Um, yeah. And and we've seen recent polling just to uh, just to dive into this a little more. You're seeing white college educated individuals trend to the Democrat Party. They're people who believe in gun control. They they want more abortion. It's a white elite. They're mentality. big on climate change. They don't mind the new higher prices and gas because they can afford it. They can afford it. By the way, Sean, to that to that point, I just saw a story about how more people are becoming vegetarians because they can't afford meat. In liberal world, that's a great thing. In our world, like, it's like, what? We want to go back to being able to afford meat. Everyone should be able to afford meat in America, not just the elites. They they, they are becoming uh, familiar with uh, tofu, right? Yeah, you can't have <laughs> tofu, tofu tacos, right? <laughs> you can't have tofu burgers. Like, my mom is kind of a green and a liberal. She would have tofu uh, burgers when I was little. Gross. They were horrible. Uh, too much information. But what you're seeing is the working class, the union workers of America go, you know what? A, a slow trend has been coming to the Republican Party. And it started with Donald Trump. But now you're seeing with inflation and the value of the dollar. Gas prices. That's right. Gas prices as well. And crime, you're seeing these communities in, in, in all colors. All backgrounds. Yeah, Asians, Hispanic. If you're a yeah. if you're a working American, if you put boots on, if you put an apron on, you're going to the to the Republican Party, and you used to be a Democrat, and so you're seeing this slow but seismic shift happen in American politics that are going to completely shake up maps, and we're starting to see that right now. And again, I think the Democrat Party is completely fine being the party of wealthy, rich liberals. If you look at big banks in America, and I talk about this a lot, big banks in America, you hear Democrats go, Republicans love big banks. Who, who do big banks support in America? The Democrat Party. The Democrat Party. Big business supports the Democrat Party because they understand that big government and big business go hand in glove That's together right. because big business doesn't want to be challenged by the fresh new upstart, the aggressive new upstart, they get to keep their position at the top because government will help them keep it. They'll play the government game and they get to stay number one. They don't want competition from, again, those those upstarts in those states. And they can rig the rules and the regulations to that's make right. it harder for for new businesses to come up. And that's community what Democrats, banks, Sean, who do they support? You know, you know a lot about no, community, listen, banks. Com community banks, Small don't, community banks. don't like so many rules and regulations that they can't navigate and they support Republicans. Republicans who go, listen, we understand in banking, you want rules. You need rules in banking because it can be cataclysmic if you don't. But you want smart rules and limited rules. And that's what Republicans have stood for. The, but but as we've seen, the, the more rules that have come onto small community banks, the more mergers you get and the larger banks become because and you have harder, to be bigger to navigate the rules. And what I like is it's hard I, for some small businesses then to get a loan and I, you start a you restaurant want, or we're, we're far off of tacos. But you want community banks in that community that knows the community, that takes money from the community and lends in that community. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Since the 1970s, working class Americans and U.S. investors who saved wealth in dollars have seen the dollar lose over 80% of its purchasing power. In contrast, investors who diversified their cash into gold saw gold appreciate over 5,000%. 
For Americans who invested $50,000 in gold when America left the gold standard in the 70s, their gold is worth more than $2.5 million today. While gold carries no guarantees and past performance does not equal future results, investors who do their own research will see that gold's performance over this time span is what gold has consistently done in the face of eroding paper currencies. For over 15 years, St. Joseph Partners has built its business with a singular focus on helping investors diversify their wealth and protect their families in physical gold and silver you hold in your hand. Don't let your hard-earned savings go unhedged. Call St. Joseph Partners or go to our joint website, kitchengold.net, not .com. That is kitchengold.net and protect your wealth. Can I, just yeah. tell me, can I make one side note on tacos? So this really hit home for Rachel because a few of our kids have a nickname for Rachel and they call her Taco. <laughs> She's shaking her head at sometimes me right now but sometimes. <laughs> John calls me Rocco Rocco. And so they call me Rocco Taco. So it's actually kind of funny for us that, that she's calling me Taco. Um, listen, I think that um, I think that they're they're nervous. I think that this mistake for Jill Biden is a big one at a really bad time. The timing couldn't be worse for them. By the way, can I also mention Hunter Biden? Don't can I, don't don't answer it yet. Okay. I want you to talk about Latinx and what that means. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, that's community. that's important, too. So it's not just the it's not just the economic side, the crime side calling you tacos. The talk inflation, about what the gas prices, Latinx means for the. community. Well, right. And what you're seeing now are Democrats who are a little more savvy are trying to backtrack on the Latinx. So we in, in the Spanish language, you are either I'm a Latina. And if Sean was Mexican-American like me, he would be a Latino. Um, or, you know, so you have gender. In we your have language. a gender. We have gender in our language. So everything is masculine or feminine. A table is masculine or feminine. Um, you know, a chair, la silla is a feminine, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, it's, it comes off as, as a feminine pronoun. So anyway, we have that in our language. And part of that is that this is a, a, a culture that is very proudly masculine and feminine. The women like being feminine. We wear high heels and we like to, you know, we like to, to, to we're a very matriarchal kind of, you know, society in that, in that uh, culture, in that regard, we're not afraid of being feminine. We don't think that that makes us any less. And we like our man, you know, that stereotype of the macho Latino man. Machismo. Um, right. I mean, these are these are things that, you know, the family unit and the way it works where the sexes are, you know, helping each other. Um, they're not competing. One's not trying to be the other. Uh, that is part of who we are. But of course, this conflicts with the liberal agenda of a genderless society. And so they, them, they the, there. The, some white people decided <laughs> that, yeah, them, they, there, whatever. And they decided to take out the A or the O from Latino or Latina and put an X. And so they call it Latinx or Latinx, Latinx, Latinx. I don't know. Uh, we can't say Latinx anything. or Latinx. And Hispanics are like, what the hell is that? So, so white liberals. Yeah. You decided, know, decided to change the to language. Change the language. And Hispanics are like, yeah, listen, that doesn't, that doesn't work, work for us. You're and actually offending us. They try like people now. like AOC who have totally bought into the sort of white liberal, you know, progressive college um, mindset. They're they're down with it. But what it shows is a real lack of connection with with real Latinos who um, who who work and, and raise a family and have no idea what the hell that that is coming out of, you know, Wesley College. 100%. So um, so there's that. I just want to bring up quickly, Hunter. I know you, you know, you think I'm obsessed with Hunter. I am. But you are. But Hunter is an interesting 
uh, part of yeah, he's an interesting <laughs> cat. Um, he's an interesting part of this too because the hunter corruption stuff um, is is so blatant. It's so in your face. It's the gift that keeps giving in terms of politics for the Republicans, but it also is very familiar to Hispanics. They have seen this kind of corruption um, and in in Castro and Maduro and other um, authoritarian dictatorships. Um, in Latin America. So that corruption resonates and, and is very repelling to Hispanics as well. So anyway, um, Sean, I'm a taco. Um, the uh, our kids are taquitos. And I married a taco. And yeah, I got and, nine and Jill taquitos Biden, myself. Jill Biden. I'm is, a white Irish guy, so I can't I can't be offended by this, I guess. Yeah. Or I could be offended for you guys, too, that, that you call tacos. But um, I can't tell what and, and listen, people make mistakes all the time. They made mistakes here. I get it. Um, yeah, I mean, as a as a former politician, I, yeah, I, you I, was, I, I get it. But I'm like, but that's not a mistake. That was a written speech for her. Somebody really stupid wrote that for her. And she was stupid enough to read it she, to deliver because it, right. she doesn't get it. She has no connection to the Hispanic community. They have no similar values. Um, Hispanics, whether they know it or not, are conservatives, are Republicans. Oh, they are. And they are going to turn out the vote in 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 November. And I think really. Um, they're going to speak their mind in the midterm. It's going to be shock and awe. All right, Sean, let's transition from talking about tacos to talking about taquitos um, kids, because Elon Musk on July 7th tweeted, I hope you have big families and congrats to those who already do. And then he followed up with doing my best to help the underpopulation crisis. A collapsing birth rate is the biggest danger civilization faces by far. So he's worried that we're not having enough kids. He's been following a different set of data than, say, um, AOC. Here's what AOC has to say about having kids and the dangers of having kids. Our planet is going to be a disaster if we don't turn the ship around. And so it's basically like there's scientific consensus that the lives of children are going to be very difficult. And it does lead, I think, young people to have a legitimate question, you know, should, is it okay to still have children? Who do you trust on this more, Sean? Well, I'll take Elon Musk over AOC. I think he's a bit smarter, been a little more successful. Um, but this, this is not new. What AOC is saying, this goes back to the 1960s. You had these liberals who are using climate to to bring in their progressive Marxist agenda. They've been talking about birth rates and the sustainability uh, of, uh, of a growing planet population-wise for, for humans as being a crisis for the last 60 years. And all of the projections that they've been making haven't come to pass. Right. We grow right. more food. We, have, we, we, we continue to innovate and create abilities to produce more food. We find more oil, new technology like fracking to bring more oil out. And the planet has completely uh, been able to sustain the population growth we've seen in the last 60 years. But progressives, they, they don't want immediacy. They actually have and play the long game to get these ideas um, embedded into cultures to then make significant changes in regard to how people you know, plan their families. And we saw this in China, where in 1969 mm -hmm. they started their one-child policy to to deal with uh, to uh, to deal with the population issue. But then all other kinds of issues pop up, like one the Chinese want to have boys, not girls. So all of a sudden you have all these boys and no girls. There becomes real conflict when 
young men can't find a mate in China, right? We all want to find a spouse. We want to have our own families. That that has disrupted this the 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 cultural norms of that society because of this one child policy, and that's just China. You've seen and that's this just take- one part of the policy. I mean, there were forced abortions. There were little girls who were abandoned um, uh, to die alone um, after they were born because the woman wanted to have a boy. Um, there were, you know, all kinds of human rights abuses that, that occurred because of that. Um, one of the other proponents, it's not just AOC and other other big cultural figures, pop culture figures, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, um, they you know, basically publicly declared that, you know, because they love the planet so much, they were going to limit their fertility to two kids because that was really the responsible number, two kids. And I guess they were lucky they got one boy and one girl. And um, and so that was their contribution to the planet. And for that, um, you know, there are all these international organizations that, you know, you know, pop culture and, and all the media applauded them. But also there are all these organizations that, you know, bestowed all these awards on them, um, a group called uh, Population Matters. And and the patron of this uh, organization is Jane Goodall. As we all know who she is. Um, and basically, uh, when he received his award, you know, Prince Harry talked about how much he loved nature and the environment and that it's, you know, we're on, this is a borrow, we borrow the environment and that, you know, we should leave something better behind. And the way that he could do that is, um, by having a smaller family. Well, I, I would agree with that. So I, I don't, I, it, children that are indoctrinated with Prince Harry's philosophy. <laughs> and um, Meghan Markle as a mom. Meghan Markle, that's right. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that, they that, should live in. Maybe that is a contribution <laughs> to society. I'll take that. But let, let me take a, just, we're talking about, so now we're talking about Pr- Prince Harry, Meghan Markle, and Elon Musk. So if you believe that carbon, which these guys all do, has a negative impact on the environment, Who's having a better impact on the environment? Elon Musk, who has nine children, but has uh, developed the Tesla, which runs on electricity. If you believe that, you go, well, Elon Musk has had a pretty big impact on the environment versus uh, Meghan Markle and, and, and Prince Harry. I don't even know if I can call him Prince Harry anymore. Harry, who actually have only had two kids but also fly around the globe on their private jets, right? I'm doing so much, only have two kids, but I don't really care that much about the environment that I'll fly with the rest of you plebs, you know, on a a commercial aircraft. I got to fly on private aircraft and emit massive tons of carbon into the atmosphere because I can't fly with, the, and by the way, he the does that folk. as he goes to environmental conferences. But here's the other thing. They have two kids, but they live in a giant mansion in Montecito, California. The so the hypocrisy is just out of control with these two. Um, but yet they're getting awards. And But I, I think, you know, look, we can look at them and say, oh, they're hypocrites and, and, and laugh about them because they really are a very laughable and unlikable couple. But what is the impact that they have? The combination of. AOC, the media, the, the social media, big tech, that uh, information that's being pushed out to your kids. We have lots of climate alarmism that is scaring the crap out of kids. A lot of kids, that w- when you interview them, they believe that the planet is going to end that, you know, she said AOC said in 12 years, but many people believe that, you know, it's, it's a negative thing. And and really having kids, I mean, we have a lot of kids. Having kids is a sign of optimism. Um, here, by the way, is Tucker Carlson talking to another climate alarmist um, who's saying, in fact, she has an organization, Sean, that's it's it's basically 
to put a strike on fertility to like basically she's saying the government's not doing enough. We individual women need to stop having babies in order to save the planet. And Tucker Carlson interviewed her. And here's his response to her. So what makes me so sad is this is a metaphor for the broader West's loss of the will to live, which is so obvious everywhere you turn. I wonder, though, did it occur to you? And I'm not disagreeing with your forecast that there are bumpy times ahead. That's obvious. But wouldn't it be a mark of defiance, maybe part of the solution to have a bunch of smart, decent children who might solve these problems? Aren't the kids the answer in in terms of the innovation like you talked about Elon Musk. That's right. Well, 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 the alarmists of the 1960s, the fact that no one was listening to them at that point and we still had more kids, it was those kids that developed, you know, the ability to have new fertilizers and new growing techniques that have produced more food that allowed us to think through how do we frack and get more oil out of the earth to make sure we have plenty of oil um, to meet the demands and needs of a, 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 a society and, and, and a global a First world people. country too. Yeah, and so I think that's 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 really important. And I just do, when I listened to this one, AOC in the first clip we played was talking about science and the science is settled. Well, listen, after the pandemic and this all the science yeah. that they've talked about, which was all lies. It's the, the, the it's political science. It's not real science. That that makes me laugh. Number one, but the second thing is when I look at liberals, not all of them, but a lot of them, they're unhappy. They're angry. They they're, they're almost have a sourpuss look on their face, not just when I see them on the streets, but when I watch them on TV as well, not happy people. And I think one of the things, and you've talked about this recently, Rachel, is what, what gives you joy in life? What makes you happy in life? What is the purpose of life, right? It's, it is our faith, but it's our families. And, and actually the sacrifice that comes from being a parent, the sacrifice of giving of yourself to raise another little human being gives great joy. But one, the child's a winner, but the parents are winners as well in the sense of the bond and the connection and the rearing of another life, the giving to another life. And at the end of life, Rachel, you've talked about this and yeah, I've heard the same thing. That was thing. my response to Elon. I, I, I replied to Elon Musk's tweet. And you said what? What's your point? Well, I replied and said, you know, I that I had obviously it was much pithier in my tweet, but essentially I've had lots of conversations with doctors who deal with people at the end of life. And what they have told me is that the number one thing that people say at the end of life as their regret is that they didn't have more kids. And they say that people who are dying, who are surrounded by a lot of children and family are the most at peace um, as they basically transition into into the other life. And I think that that says a lot to what you talked about, about what is the meaning of life. I always tell and Young. on that one is two things. It's a family, but also people of faith have so much more peace about their sure. passing versus people who it's have not no faith. over in, in this life. They are That's true. the agitation that happens with that. But yeah, you're right. The fa- families matter. And I Kids tell matter. a lot of a lot of young women often come to me and talk to me and, you know, they're you know, they want to talk about work life balance and 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 what you know, what they should do with their careers and their personal life. And I always tell them, you know, companies can't love you. Um, you know, you really need to prioritize. That's not just for girls. It's for, it's for, for men and women, but you need to prioritize. It's important to have a career and do things you love. I, you and I clearly love our jobs. Um, I don't think I ever met anyone who loved being a congressman more than you, Sean, um, you exuded that joy. You loved doing it. 
Um, I love my job on the weekends. You love working for Fox as well. Um, that's important, but that's not what really makes us happy. And in the end, your personal life, you have to prioritize that, especially when you're young. Um, because if you don't start prioritizing it, there reaches a point where biology takes over and you might not be able to have children if you wait too long or it becomes really complicated and difficult or expensive. And so um, I, I think that this whole feminist idea of that children are a burden that, you know, it's sort of that whole abortion mentality that that we're hearing now where, you know, this lie that you can't um, pursue your dreams and have children. Um, there, that, that is just a lie. Wait right there. We're going to have more of that conversation next. Hey folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services Marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Well, I think you look at our own lives. A lot of people say, well, this is not the right time for me to get married. Or this is not the right time for us to have a kid. We're not we're not ready yet for this step. And um, that that has not been our philosophy on life. Um, <laughs> we got married at a not opportune time, inopportune. We you know I was in law school. I had no money. Uh, at the based on the ring that you wear on your finger, you see I have no money when I bought you my yeah. ring. Sean's original I, ring actually uh, broke. It broke in half. It was so thin, <laughs> that's, and I had to get a new one at one point. We kept the same stone, but we got a new new ring. But that's yeah, right. I, didn't, I mean, this was not a, a great time. And if I was going, what's the right timing? We wouldn't have got married. Or if we said, but, well, let's have a kid at the right time. We would have had none of these kids. I mean, one mm-hmm. of them was born like like in the middle of a campaign. We found out I was pregnant two weeks before you were going to announce. So I was no, like, no, oh. you would, no, no. We, we found out that you were pregnant like a month and a half after I announced. And I'm like, I can't go back and not announce. It's like I'm going to we're going to do this campaign. And we're going to have a baby. It's like, shoot yeah, me in the head. Crazy. This is crazy. And you know what? With every baby we've been, they've been, they've, uh, they've given us gifts. Um, as you say in, 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 in yeah, Spanish, in culture. Spanish, we have a saying that says every baby comes with a loaf of bread under their arm. And they and have, I have to say every time we've had a baby, we've had really great luck. Something wonderful happened. And so I think to, to the point is just listen, live your life, enjoy it. It'll all work out. Right. And, and it yeah. does work out and it has for us. And we've been blessed. We haven't planned nine kids. We've had nine kids. 
Um, and it's been wonderful. And what I look back to when, when you uh, were starting, I, I was a, I was a DA. I made you move to northern Wisconsin. But that's <laughs> a time when the Internet's coming online and there's far better connectivity. And you're like, I'm going to try to do work from from northern yeah, Wisconsin and start, you started to write. And so like, I can be engaged from a rural town in Wisconsin and still keep myself active. Well, that's the Stone Age. I mean, today you have yeah. the ability to live in so many different places and have great jobs. Governor Kristi Noem talks about South Dakota and people are moving there and they love the freedom and the space in South Dakota and they can still work you know, a job like they live in New York City. Yeah. This is happening in the choices that you can then make as a mom and a dad and have a family. Yeah, um, it's definitely not exploded. the same. And so it's not the same at home. For example, if you choose to be an at home mom, as I was for 14 years, it's not the same as it was 50 it, years ago when your mom was. If you, if you wait for perfection for marriage and, and children, you'll never get married. You'll never have children because it's never perfect. The time is never perfect. I saw your mom yesterday um, when we went to go visit her, Sean, and she was telling me that her prayer these days is she keeps saying to God, God, your plan is perfect. Let me just, you know, sort of submit to it. God, your plan is perfect. And it's true. The more we try and plan things, um, uh, the, the it just it just doesn't work out as well as we plan. We end up being disappointed. And in any case, I think that there's a hopefulness about having children. I think people ought to think about what what makes you happy in the end, as we talked about the end of life and, um, and during life and during life. Kids are joyful. Yes. We talk about how many kids when we're older do we want to have at our Thanksgiving dinner around our table? Yeah, right? don't plan them out you want right now because it can seem overwhelming. Think about how many kids you want around your Thanksgiving Listen, table I, I in wanna, 20 I, years from now. I want to burst at the seams. You know, I want I'm a, I'm a, I want to, I want a card table set up by the big table because there's so many people at our house. I, and I love AOC that. would say that was an environmental crime. Right. You're a and terrorist. Listen, I, I, You're listen, an environmental terrorist, John. Guilty as charged. I'm an environmental terrorist. You know what? I drive a suburban, a Ford F-150. I have nine kids. Um, God love America. We need to get back to fracking if you're going to continue this lifestyle. <laughs> but I have, but I said I'll, I'll consider an electric car for the technology, not for the electricity. I said but no. <laughs> Mama says no. She's to the right of a Hun, you know. <laughs> I love my Ford F one fifty, and I, I will not let Joe Biden tell me what kind of car I'm going to have. And I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bite the bullet on the gas prices until we get back to making America great you know, again I, and, and, and making American energy work again. And just Elon Musk. I, I love that he's promoting families. We, 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 you, you want to reproduce because listen, it, it, it's not just the smart kids that come next, but it's also, you know, you, you need a, a group of people in your society that work and you can't just have old people. You need young people, which gives you vibrant culture and, and economies is what you want. And if you don't have young kids, you don't have that. And, and by the way, there's an interesting phenomenon if you don't have children in America, let's just use America, for example, you don't have children here, you're not going to have a labor force. So what do you have to do? You have to bring in labor immigrants. Migrants have to come in they to are meet coming, the Sean. demands of, of your economy. But then you also have, so liberals want to bring in more migrants. They don't want you to have kids. They want to bring in more migrants. You bring more, bring more migrants. We've had this idea that we should have assimilation. We should have a big melting pot, but we all assimilate as they Americans. They don't like the melting pot anymore. They want Libs. a big salad, they said. Libs do Diversity. not want anyone to assimilate. They want you to keep your own culture here, which right. gives you a divided nation, which is absolutely contrary to the idea of America, which is, again, we leave our, we leave our, our past in the past. We, do, we bring our culture with us and our food with us and probably our language, but we're Americans. 
We want people to embrace the American idea and, and Democrats and liberals don't want that. Again, um, it is a recipe for disaster. So thank you, Elon Musk, making cool electric cars that are really fast with great technology. Thanks for saying, you know what? It's great to have families and good for him for doing it. I don't know that I would say having it with three different women and how he's done it, whatever, that's his choice. He, he's he's picked a unique path, <laughs> but kids are beautiful. And that's the point of, uh, of what Elon so Musk So here's some good news over the pandemic. More people had babies, Sean. Love it. I think they were locked up in their houses and bored. And, you know, in Wisconsin, that happens over the long winters as well. The top three countries with the highest birth rates right now are Nigeria, Average birth rate is 6.8 kids, Somalia, six, six kids, and the Congo, 5.8, which is why um, Africa is one of the youngest um, continents, you know, in, with the youngest population. Um, the, uh, Europe, um, the United States, those are older, older populations. The countries with the lowest birth rates are South Korea, which is at 0.9. Puerto Rico at one. I'm really was really surprised to hear that about Puerto Rico, um, at, which is tied, by the way, with Hong Kong, Malta and Singapore at one point one. Those are the, the, the three bottom ones there. Um, and what you need is one point five for replacement, Sean. No, it's two point one is or, replacement. Two oh, yeah. Point, I'm sorry. Two point one is replacement. America is at one point five. Right. So right. we're at below replacement rate. That's what Elon Musk is talking about. Yep. And so um, if you listen to this podcast, have some babies. <laughs> Or if uh, your, your, your grandparents tell your kids to have some babies. Um, and when you have those babies, take care send of them, them. Send them to good schools. Yeah, take care of them. Send get them, them out of public school. school. All rally together and get them into a classical school so they're well-educated and grow up to be America-loving patriots who are smart. Um, and uh, can, I, can I say yeah. one thing before we go, Sean? There are countries that are doing the right things. They're trying. They're actually saying... We need more kids and they're coming up with really great policies to encourage kids. So some of them are offer offering tax breaks. Um, others are giving women one year maternity leave, which, you know what? I really like that idea. Yeah, I, I don't know. So, with it, with it, so you, get, you give women a maternity leave and they'll have to go, well, it can't just be women because men can have babies, too. So we have to deal with that. But yeah. then they're going to go, well, we, the I do men, think we should limit it to actually men, women who give birth. The men um, also need to have a year off as well, which is crazy because we've had babies. It's like, listen, I, we, we, we keep I, we just kept working. Right. We just keep no, going. but I mean, I needed time off. I mean, I, I don't I mean, I'll just say this in the middle of a supply chain crisis that we're still dealing with the ramifications of. Pete Buttigieg um, took more time off than than I did, I think, with Valentina oh than I got. Hundred percent, he did. Um, and he you did know, four months. And people noticed when you yeah, were they're gone. Yeah, they're not. He's not nursing. He's not. You know, dealing with. You know, you know, when you have a baby, you, your body does have to recover. And nursing is a full time job. Um, obviously, I don't think him and his husband were Jason. nursing. Um, I think they were bottle feeding as, you know, I would think so. I would have to think that. And so I don't understand why he needed that because we're not quite sure with how biology. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I doubt that he needed more time than than me with the C-section on my last baby. But that's what happened. And you're right. That is the the slippery slope. If we do what's right. Right. What 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 makes sense, which is giving as much time off to women so we can encourage families and encourage women to have babies and bring back our population, the men like. Pete Buttigieg want to jump on the bandwagon. 100%. So, all right. Well, good conversation. Good tweet, Elon. It ended up sparking a whole podcast. We love it, Elon. From the kitchen table. Again, from the kitchen table. Uh, nine babies. Uh, listen, we challenge you. Have a few. 
Um, whether it's, <laughs> you don't have to have as many as us. It's, it's, two, it's, it's, it's four, it's six. Um, have faith, and uh, God provides, uh, and be, be able to take be care fruitful of them and, and multiply. Isn't and that what it said? Joy. All right. So, like again, when we talk about the kitchen table, which we're about to close out, grow your kitchen table. Get little seats around that table. Expand it. Put leaves in the table. Make it bigger. Um, by having kids. Yep. So, and you can have a lot of taquitos around that table. A lot of taquitos. All right. Tacos last night, by the yeah, way. We did <laughs> actually really have tacos good. last night. Thank you, Jill, for the idea of tacos <laughs> last night. And thanks for joining us on the kitchen table. If you like our podcast, you can rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. Show your love for the kitchen table. And until next time, uh, have a great week. Thank you. For, All right. Bye, everybody. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.